Welcome back. Good to have you. You are uh, hopefully enjoying the program today. Bill Michaels show. And uh, we're we're an hour down or two hours down. We got uh, a couple more hours yet to go. So we got a lot of stuff happening today. And I got more uh, more guests to come uh, throughout the program. But I want to talk a lot about the NFL. Our guy, Mark Schofield from SB Nation, joining us now on the hotline. And uh, not only with the AFC and NFC Championship games, but obviously with uh, a Super Bowl coming up and a lot of movement going on. Mark, how are you doing today? I am doing well, Bill. How are you, my friend? Doing great. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited for this game. I know that there's a lot of different storylines. What, what's the most intriguing thing to you coming into this Super Bowl uh, in a week from Sunday? I mean, there are a number of fascinating storylines. I mean, I think you could look at the two quarterbacks and look at sort of the, you know, the juxtaposition, the dichotomy between the two. Patrick Mahomes, certainly the dynamic playmaker, the ability to create outside the pocket off of structure. Then you have Brock Purdy and certainly the questions that he's faced. Just how good is he? Is he a product of Shanahan, a product of the weapons around him? Or is he, too, a very good quarterback? And I think you saw in that game against the Lions, particularly in the second half, his ability to create as well, particularly with his legs. Detroit was using some man coverage against him. It gave Purdy some opportunities to pick up some yardage on the ground. And so the juxtaposition between the two quarterbacks and how they're viewed, I think, is an interesting storyline. And I also think Travis Kelsey versus Fred Warner. Now, I don't know if ultimately that's the matchup that we see, but at least going into this game, you know, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, what they do in the middle of the field, how they can sort of take away that area, obviously Kelsey and how he works in that area at times. I think that's going to be a fascinating matchup. And then the last thing to sort of think about these two defensive coordinators, the tasks ahead of both of them for Steve Spagnuolo, You've got all the weapons that San Francisco has that you have to account for. You've got the different ways that Kyle Shanahan can get those players involved. The matchups that he can create with, you know, players like Kittle, Juszczyk, McCaffrey, Samuel, and the way they can be sort of almost used interchangeably in that San Francisco offense. And then Steve Wilkes and what he has to contend with, which is perhaps the best quarterback playing the game right now in Patrick Mahomes. And how are you going to defend him? What are you going to show him? How are you going to try to confuse him? He did a very good job in the second half at forcing Jared Goff to think, to hesitate, to react on the fly. It's going to be a lot different facing Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, we've got 10 days or so to spin up storylines, but those are the three that really sort of stick out to me right now. Uh, obviously, the Brock Purdy thing is fascinating because in both the uh, divisional round and the NFC Championship game, didn't play great until they needed him the most. Uh, but I don't know if you can not play great throughout an entire Super Bowl and still be expected to win. You know what I mean? Yeah, and especially against a team like Kansas City that can score quickly at times, that could be efficient on offense, that will certainly punish mistakes. You look at how that AFC Championship game folded, un- unfolded and you know their ability to sort of create opportunities on defense, really, because their defense has been very good this year. You know, if you start out sluggish against, you know, some teams you can get away with it, but against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, you might not be able to get away with it. And look, there's also the fact that you give Andy Reid two weeks to come up with a game plan. Like, if you go three and out to start the game or if you have an interception early, he's going to have some stuff in the scripted set of plays 
where you could get down seven nothing, ten nothing, fourteen nothing pretty quickly, and you might not be able to come back. And you know, you start thinking about how they were able to come back in the NFC Championship game. Well, it's going up against a Detroit team that hasn't maybe been on that stage before. Now you're going up against a team that's obviously been there before and has been through some games where maybe they themselves started slowly but found ways to come back. If you get down to Sam, to Andy Reid and company quickly, it might not be as easy to come back against them. So when you talk about that side of the ball with, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes and obviously with Travis Kelsey and the way he has stepped up and he's become obviously has been a favorite target of his for a long time, but more influential in these last few games. Do you give the nod just because because I think the talent, if you go pound for pound, player for player, I think the talent's with San Francisco. But do you give the nod to Andy Reid and Spagnuolo and what they've done because they've been there, done that, and they just seem – it doesn't seem like any any moment is too big for this team. And I thought for sure, I thought the class in the NFL was Baltimore, and they went in and basically handed it to them. Do you give the nod to Andy Reid and company? I, I do. I, I think, look, from Baltimore's perspective, just to talk about that for a minute, I do feel like Baltimore sort of outthought themselves. You know, going into that AFC Championship game, I really thought that, like you said, that Baltimore was the class of the NFL. And that I thought when Baltimore had the ball, you were going to see a lot from that run game. You know, Kansas City at times was, you know, showed a susceptibility to the run game. And Baltimore was such a diverse rushing attack with what they can do with their running backs and Lamar Jackson. I thought you were going to see a lot of the run game. And you saw just six carries from their running backs. And it's not like it was such a negative script where they had to pass, pass, pass to get back into it. This was a one, maybe a two-score game for the most part, like throughout the entire game. But they kept throwing it. So I thought – Baltimore maybe outthought themselves a little bit, but maybe that gets to your underlying point, which is Reed and Spagnolo, you know, they and Matt Nagy, this coaching staff has been through the big games before. You know, they're not going to wildly overreact. They're not going to overthink things. They're going to come up with game plans that cater to what they do well on both sides of the ball. And I think that does give them an edge. Now, certainly Kyle Shanahan's coaching some big games before. This Niners team has been in some big games before, but Kansas City's staff is so experienced. They've been through so many big games. They've been tested in so many different ways. And they've found ways to win differently throughout the course of the season. And I do think that gives them an edge. Uh, I want to ask you about some of the other things going on throughout the NFL. Obviously, we're going to get into the, you know, the, the, the free agent side of things very soon. But you've had coaching changes. Harbaugh, obviously, you know, making a ton of money out there with the Chargers, and he's going to get paid. And everybody's pretty much made the decisions uh, short of a few that uh, are still waiting to figure it out. But here in in Green Bay, they still have not brought in a defensive coordinator. Is there anybody floating around out there, any names that you have seen that you went, uh, this would really make a lot of sense? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, the, the defensive line coach was just promoted in Buffalo. You know, I, I thought that would have made a lot of sense. Um, but now, obviously, Buffalo made the decision to promote him. And so I think that that's obviously an opportunity that perhaps, perhaps the Green Bay Packers could have explored. You know, I keep coming back to the idea of Ron Rivera. I mean, I, I do think that he's a very good defensive mind. And I do think that what he's done through the course of his career on the defensive side of the ball is something that could certainly help in Green Bay. And so that's the name that I keep coming back to. I know there's been, 
you know, the idea that a Vrabel or a Belichick would maybe go down that road. And I, I don't think those are going to happen. But I do like the idea of Rivera. I know there are some other names sort of floating out there, but Rivera is one that I keep coming back to. Uh, what about uh, when you look at the head coaches that are still available uh, as far as some of the spots that are still open? Is What are teams waiting for? Maybe teams that are still in the postseason, teams that are still San Francisco and Kansas City? Uh, I, I, I do wonder, um, and this is sort of a rumor that's spun up a little bit about, you know, if Kansas City wins, does Andy Reid decide to retire? And I don't know anything along those lines. I haven't heard anything along those lines. But I do wonder if some sort of hesitation and teams making a decision is that they want to see what happens, you know, after the Super Bowl. And if there is a sort of move there that could, you know, sort of rearrange the pieces on the chessboard right now. But barring something like that, I do think we're sort of coming around to the idea that perhaps Dan Quinn in Washington, there seems to be a lot of momentum building for that in the past, say, 12 to 24 hours. We all thought that's where Ben Johnson was going to sort of end up. But his decision to stay in Detroit makes me think that Aaron Glenn decides to stay there as well. Maybe they really want to run this back. And then you turn it to Mike McDonald in Baltimore and where he ends up. And then Dan Quinn. And you might see Quinn in Washington, McDonald in Seattle. McDonald just had his second round of meetings for the Seattle Seahawks. And I do think that's where it sort of ends up. You know, the other thing to keep in mind is this is senior bowl week. And all the teams are down in Mobile for the most part. And so you're probably getting some finalized decisions and thought processes in place there. And so I do think we'll see some movement on this front soon. But I do wonder if teams are perhaps saying, look, let's just, we think this is what we're going to do, whether it's Quinn, whether it's McDonald's or a name that I'm not you know, mentioning right now. But let's just pause it just to see if anything shakes out after the Super Bowl. Tell me your thoughts on how Bill Belichick has really not landed anywhere. Everybody thought, oh, my God, he's going to be the hot commodity. And what the way I hear it is he just wants everybody to come with him, and he wants people to blow out staff and presidents and GMs and such. There, there's no way he's going to find a home until maybe next year. But by then, what owner wants to hire a guy at 72 years of age who only is in it to eclipse a record and then walk away? You're looking – for owners, they don't want to hire and fire coaches. They they want this to be set for a decade or more. So why would Bill Belichick then become a hot commodity? Yeah, I mean, it, it almost feels like we, and I put myself at the top of this list, have sort of misread this entire situation because for the past couple of months, I've been telling you, oh, you know, we're going to get the bad Cowboys playoff loss and Jerry Jones is going to lose his patience, blow his stack, and he's going to bring in Bill Belichick because it's Bill Belichick. But it seems like the league has decided, look, yes, you know, six Super Bowls in New England and built two different dynasties, and that's great. But it's been, what, eight years, six years since they last won a title? And you look at the recent track record, again, as we've walked through, you miss an entire draft class in 19. You draft Mac Jones, and that doesn't work out. And now you're talking that you want to come in, have all the power, have the decision-making power, and bring in the people that were along for the ride when you made those decisions it might not sit well with some ownership groups and it might not sit well at the point you bring up, which is you want Shula's record, but if you're an owner, you want, yeah, you want to win. You want to have success, but you want to have stability as well. And if you're thinking that two years, three years down the road, he gets the record and then you're back in the coaching search again, maybe that's not something you want to do. So maybe we just wildly sort of misread the market for Belichick. Now who knows? Maybe something shakes out next year. Maybe a team, 
like Philadelphia decides to go in a different direction, or maybe we do get the Dallas thing because, you know, Jerry Jones just talked about how Bill Belichick's such a great coach just in the past 24 hours. So maybe the door is open there, but perhaps more than anything, we sort of misread the market here for Bill Belichick. Uh, before I let you go, there's three quarterbacks that everybody's got an interest in. What's going to happen with, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins? There's Russell Wilson and all the rumors floating around out there. And then there's Justin Fields. You really don't have this dearth of experienced quarterbacks. Maybe if Baker Mayfield gets lured away and some kind of a big deal to go somewhere else, maybe he uh, ends up leaving uh, Tampa Bay. I doubt it. But what what do you think? That, because you don't have – there's not a lot of quarterbacks that are floating around out there that are going to come in and make teams immediately good. You know what I mean? No, I know what you mean, but before I dive into that, I should point out that Adam Schefter just tweeted that it is McDonald to the Seahawks, so we do get a move there. There you go. Um, so there's that you know next co- coaching domino to fall. Um, as for the quarterback market, you know I, I do think that we have a very intriguing quarterback draft class coming in. Obviously, with Cable, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. You know, the three names at the top, but, you know, down in Mobile right now, you have Michael Penix Jr. and Bo Nix and, and Pratt from Tulane, Hartman from Notre Dame. There are some other intriguing options as well. And so when you have these teams like, say, Atlanta, you know, would uh, Justin Fields trade make sense for Atlanta? Maybe. Or maybe they decide, look, you know, we're going to dip our toes back into the quarterback market. And yes, we can't do it at the top, but there's a quarterback, say, in the second round, like a Michael Penix Jr. or a Bo Nix, if he falls, that you could go down that road. When you, because of the way the economics work with the rookie wage scale and the rookie quarterback scale, a lot of these teams might be more inclined that, hey, you know, we've got talent in place like in Atlanta. Why pay an exorbitant price for somebody? Let's draft another quarterback and see if we can make that work. Uh, one more thing before I let you go, and then we, you, obviously we just had the Seattle job that gets solidified, so there's only one job that's left that's out there. But who going into next season, other than the guy that everybody talks about, Mike McCarthy, who is looking at this is your last hurrah to hang on to the job? Is it Salah? Is it Sirianni? Is there other guys out there go already, the premature guys that are on a hot seat going into the 2024 season? I think it's Salah, and, you know, obviously you can understand why a move wasn't made this year. You know, the Aaron Rodgers injury, fourth play of the season, and that's what you've kind of pushed all in on. But you have the reporter that came out from Dino Rossini uh, at The Athletic today, which sort of did the postmortem on the Jets season, and it seems like it's a locker room, an organization that's fraying to begin with. Now, look, they got the sort of reprieve. You get the Rodgers injury, and so you, you can see why they didn't make a wild move there but if Rodgers is healthy next year and you're still struggling and you're struggling to win games and you're in division look Bills are still going to be good Dolphins yes they have some questions but I think they'll still be good as well you don't know what New England's going to look like but if they're struggling yet again Salah could certainly be on the hot seat I think Sirianni is another name too there because of the fact that you know they make the playoffs but we all sort of assumed they were going to be one and done given how their season ended. And there was speculation that even though they made the playoffs again, that he might be on the outs. You know, he's got the reprieve now, but anytime you're bringing in like new coordinators and making a bunch of changes around you, if you continue to struggle, there's only one more change left to be made. And that's you. Mark, great stuff all season long, man. We certainly appreciate it. I'm sure at some point we'll pick your brain again real soon, but you were awesome, man, all season. And we're going to welcome you back with open arms again next year for sure. Okay. Can't wait to come back. Can't wait to chat again. It's been a blast every Wednesday, Bill. 
Enjoy the Super Bowl. Can't wait to talk again soon. Thanks so much, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. That's our guy, Mark Schofield. SB Nation, at Mark Schofield's where you can read his stuff. is so good and uh, so in-depth and just a great wealth of information. Well, now we know that Seattle also has their next uh, head coach. So Seattle is now off the market when it comes to the next head coach. Hey, our friends at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews, they've got a uh, something to perk up your taste buds. They got all kinds of good stuff this week. They have pork carnitas on flatbread, the pepperoni dippers, the prime rib wrap that they came up with. They've got lobster rolls. I love me some good lobster rolls. Love it. And coming up on Friday and Saturday, they have the specials. Parmesan crusted grouper. Uh, Also, they've got some cold brew, ice cream pies, cheesecake of the month, which is New York uh, for January and chocolate strawberry for February. So all kinds of good stuff over there. Boondocks, barbecues, and brews. Boondocks, BBQ, restaurant, and market. Now, as they're selling a lot of their own products, they're selling a lot of their own sauces and rubs and all that kind of stuff, as well as some of their desserts and such as well. Boondocks, BBQ, restaurant, and market right there in County Road K in Oconomowoc. And if you're looking for a terrific place to go, just a good night out, maybe good fish fry, whatever, that's Boondocks. Boondocks, barbecue, burgers, and brews. Stone Bank, Wisconsin, County Road K in Oconomowoc. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back. Bill Michaels Show, we continue on. Hey, don't forget about our friends at Burn Pit Barbecue, burnpitbbq.com. That is burnpitbbq.com. Veteran-owned, based right here in the state of Wisconsin, great people. And uh, they have grown and grown and grown and recognized now as one of the better small businesses that are owned by veterans in the country. In the country, they've been featured on QVC and uh, the Home Shopping Channel and such and They've gotten a lot of recognition out of what it is they do, and they just started in a garage, and it's grown and grown. And it's all due to you because uh, for people within the sound of my voice, uh, burnpitbbq.com, you've been going there and uh, spreading the word. I mean, they've done a lot of grassroots marketing, and it's just awesome. But uh, a lot of you that listen to this program have ordered, whether it's for gift packages or for yourself, uh, burnpitbbq.com, and you've tried it and said this is really good, and you've come, come back for more and more and more, and even expounded. Uh, upon maybe your taste palate, but they've got rubs, they've got sauces, they've got uh, hot sauces now uh, that they offer. So, so many things with burnpitbbq.com. And if you follow them over on many of the social media uh, channels, they have been posting a lot of the reviews as well from you, uh, from your reviews. And uh, the majority are stellar, stellar. I'd say 99% of them, stellar. So uh, continue to support them. Uh, good veteran-owned company, BurnPitBBQ.com. That's BurnPitBBQ.com. Uh, JJ says, is, is it possible that Green Bay cuts Kenny Clark because of the big cap hit this year? I think Campbell is definitely gone. I think Campbell is, if I had to say there's a percentage, I'd say 65% of me says Campbell's out the door. Kenny Clark, no. I don't think Kenny Clark is going to go anywhere. I think they're going to hang on to him. He has been stellar in the middle. He has been an anchor. Um, now, you know, he's he's become an alternate, but he's, you know, pro bowler again this year. I just think that 
you can't weaken yourself in the trenches. I just don't think you can. And as much as we'd like to say that others like TJ Slayton or Colby Wooden or somebody have picked up the slack, they're not playing at that same level. So uh, I would assume Kenny Clark is going to be here, to be honest with you. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. But in the, in the people that I do believe that could end up gone, uh, Campbell, uh, David Bakhtiari, although David Bakhtiari, by the way, if you saw his post over on Twitter, he posted that he did a three-day water-only fast. A three-day water-only fast. Um, said it, you know, when some of the, uh, when some of the people were asking him, you know, Hey, did it help your knee? Uh, he said, yeah, actually it did. Um, and I don't know how, I don't know the logistics of it, but he said he feels great. He's mentally, physically ready to go. Now he's got to say that because he is owed money and he probably would like to play next year. And somebody, you know, once he gets cut loose, somebody would, you would assume is going to try to pick him up at a bargain basement price, but. Uh, David Bakhtiari said, yeah, that, uh, he's, he's feeling good coming. And I don't think he, you know, I, I don't think he's going into the darkness retreat or anything like that, but he did a three day water only fast. And those are tough because, you know, when you're, I would assume you're not doing a whole lot of physical exercise at that point. You don't want to pass out, but you have to take in so much water per day to basically you're cleansing out your entire system. You're. You're not drowning yourself, but your your you know your body absorption of water and then cleansing out everything out of your system is supposedly for your toxins and such. It's supposedly extremely good, extremely good. Um, but you know that's what he's coming out of. So he he just did that, posted about it a little bit. So we'll uh, we'll see. Uh, and I agree with you, AJ Dillon probably gone. Uh, but as I said before, I don't think Kenny Clark's going anywhere for that cap hit. They'll redo that. Uh, he'll be one of the guys that gets restructured, and and they'll kick the can a little bit down the road with him. He's been solid for quite some time, so uh, I, I'm not worried about seeing Kenny Clark go anywhere. But I, you know, Campbell, Dylan, some of these other guys, you know, um, depends on what they end up wanting to do. But some of those guys are you're, you're going to be on Bakhtiari, obviously. So you start adding up the savings, and probably into the 25 million esque, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, depending. But uh, that's going to be kind of uh, where they're at. So anyway, uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Jim Ozarski is going to join us. We're going to talk some Bucks basketball here at the bottom of the hour in the Bucks uh, in the first game for the Doc Rivers era. Not good out in Denver tonight. Not only is Doc back, obviously, but Damian Lillard's return to Portland. So that'll be an interesting one tonight. That is, I think, a nationally televised game tonight as well, as a matter of fact. So uh, you'll see Dame's return to the Portland area, and I'm sure he's going to get an ovation for everything he did out there and as, as far as he could take that team. And hopefully he takes this team even farther and they're able to taste the championship. But uh, day two, game two, I should say, of the Doc Rivers era gets underway uh, a little bit later on this evening. So uh, we'll pay attention to that. We'll talk with Jim Ozarski about that. Coming up here momentarily. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at San Giorgio and Calderon Club. This past weekend was spectacular food-wise. I would assume it's not going to change anytime soon. It was awesome. If you're going to Calderon Club, you're going for good, authentic Italian meals. Spaghetti and meatballs, chicken marsala, uh, the spicy penny sashina pasta, 
Uh, you've got so many different things that, that they can do. The lasagnas are fantastic. They had chicken spadini, which was amazing. So I can go on and on. And believe it or not, one of the hidden gems for this place, and I'm only expounding upon it because it's outside of the norm of, of Italian, they do an incredible steak. I'm not kidding. They Because Kristen has been on this diet, so she's not eating a lot of pasta. So she ate steak and vegetables. And she said, Bill, this is by far the, the most hidden gem uh, of all when it comes to steak places. And, and yes, you can go and everybody can get what they want, but they do steak there as well. Go next door, San Giorgio, the Pizzeria Napoletana. Absolutely awesome. 838 Old World, 3rd Street, downtown Milwaukee. Either place, you cannot go wrong. 838 Old World, Old World, 3rd Street, downtown Milwaukee. Stop in, tell them we said hi. More of the Bill Michael Show. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. If you are uh, looking for an epoxy floor or a polyurea coatings or what have you, I mean, you're probably looking at the garage floor going, boy, this is nasty, and you want to get it cleaned up. You can do that now. It, uh, you don't have to have it at a certain temperature or anything like that. Sean and the gang can come over and do it. My my basement, uh, which is I wanted to convert into a gym, it had a huge space, an open space. Nasty floor. had a couple of cracks in it. The walls were crappy. Uh, came in. They painted the walls did the floor, made the whole room look like an actual room, like a usable room, and uh, turned it into the gym. It's spectacular. And that's the one thing that everybody that goes downstairs says is, oh, my God, it's just such a cool space. Uh, go to epoxyflooringdoneright.com, epoxyflooringdoneright.com. From Green Bay to Milwaukee, Racine, Kenosha, all the way out to Madison, everything in between, they can do the job. They just did the uh, finished up the Dockhound Stadium out in Oconomowoc, and they were doing some stuff out there as well. And they can do the swirl stuff that makes it look like marbles. They can do the the uh, epoxy coating. They can do so many different things. And they're based here in Wisconsin. So, God forbid, you need to get a hold of them and get them to come back and touch something up or something. They, they're not from – I hear it all the time. The out-of-state contractors, they don't come back because they don't have to. What are you going to do, sue them? you got to go out-of-state to do it. Nobody wants to do that. So, Sean spends a lot of time fixing other people's problems because – that's, the, that's what's going on. So stick local. Stick with somebody right here in the state. EpoxyFlooringDoneRight.com. Call them 262-443-2852. 262-443-2852. Joining us on the hotline, uh, our guy Jim Ozarski from the Journal Sentinel. And it is uh, the Damian Lillard Day, I would assume, out there in Portland. Jim, am I correct in that assumption? <laughs> you are right. I mean, this place, this arena, I apologize for any background noises is buzzing uh sold out which they probably haven't had here in a while um full media house so much so that damian lillard is hosting a pre-game like a pre-pre-game press conference bill uh before even the coaches speak which for for fans that that is highly irregular very unusual um but it's that kind of night i mean 11 years here bill uh, he's beloved and um it should be quite the scene you know right before tip-off when he's introduced now, what did he have go on? Was it yesterday he got a building or something dedicated to him? 
So, yeah, it was really interesting. So he's um, – now now for the sneakerheads out there, I mean, as, as they know, Damian Lillard has a signature shoe with Adidas, um, the only one of only two bucks. Obviously, Giannis has his deal with Nike. And, and Adidas actually has a Portland campus. It's their North American campus. And Damian Lillard, yeah, they had him back in with his family. They dedicated their basketball court to him. And it sounds like a maybe a trivial thing, but um, apparently – they've never dedicated anything to any athlete worldwide. And I mean, soccer fans know, I mean, or football fans, I mean, soccer's a huge deal. And so it was a little surprising to hear that, like not even, you know, maybe a international <laughs> athlete over in Europe somewhere. So yeah, they hmm. Adidas, that's how they felt about him. That's how the Portland, the North American campus felt. Uh, so this court, and they're actually going to remodel it. Dame's going to design it with them and sort of redo the whole thing as well. So yeah, it was, um, I mean, he's getting the full, the full, full boat treatment of coming home. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, let, let's go back real quick and start with Doc Rivers' opener. And I, you know, I know there were people that were looking for all of a sudden this team was going to come out and play all kinds of defense. But even Doc Rivers said, "Hey, look, I just need to get to know these guys first before we start making these drastic changes." So they lose in Denver. Denver's a very good team, the defending champion. We all know that. Uh, talk about that game and Doc's debut. Yeah, what's interesting is the Bucks probably played some of their best 48 minutes of defense of the season. Now, now in fairness to Joe Prunty, it did start with him. Those three, those three interim games, the floor was raised defensively for this team, uh, Bill and Doc. Yeah, I mean, you you saw it. There weren't there weren't any great innovative schematic changes. It was very simple things. Uh, get back. So if the ball goes up, your teammate shoots it. Whoever is around the rim, you're the offensive rebounder. The other four guys get back and run back and pick up a man and transition. Again, sounds very simple. Something they had not done under Adrian Griffin. Um, same thing with offense, uh, you know, just sort of picking up and, and understanding where everyone is defensive rebounding, Bill. Hey, let's force Joker into a real tough 20-foot shot. Guess what? There's three or four bucks there to finish the possession. <laughs> and and right. yes, you know, teams are going to get offensive rebounds, but for the most part, Denver, you know, did not kill them on the offensive glass like other teams have done. Um, switching, you know, and, and, and communicating in, in the right way so guys like Damian Lillard and Malik Beasley were not stuck against against Jokic. Um, and, and you know, again, very simple things that this team just wasn't doing. Why were they not doing it under Adrian Griffin? Um, I don't know, Bill, but that was that was part of the reason for the change. Doc instituted that. They did it. Um, Joe Prunty started it. So I feel like at the very least, Bill, that's where this team is, is at defensively. It's just let's raise the floor. Raise the floor from one of the worst in basketball. And if they get to into that middle that middle of the pack, Bill, their their offense is gonna make sure they win a ton of games. So let me ask you, let's go back before all of that. What do you think the guys' reactions are and the likability factor is and the respect factor coming in is to Doc Rivers now being the head coach? So, it's, Bill, you've covered enough football coaching changes and coaching change manager changes here. You know what the guys mean when they say certain things. And one of the, one of the, the, the biggest across-the-board elements of Doc Rivers' hiring was while there's inherent respect level, he's one of the greatest coaches in NBA history. He, I mean, if they win tonight, he's number eight all time. He's won a title as a head coach. 
I mean, you got even Pat Connaughton saying, hey, like, he's experienced what we've experienced. You know, um, he, he walks in the room, and he knows what to say. Damian Lillard says, hey, he's not afraid to challenge Giannis. He's not afraid to challenge me. And I think, Bill, it's, it, it is the, the quote-unquote it factor. Okay, maybe down the line we can get into schemes and adjustments and Doc Rivers losing 10 game sevens. But right now, it's about him locking, walking in that locker room and saying, this is the thing we're going to do. Shut up and do it. Mm-hmm. And the players being like, okay. <laughs> and so I think it's as simple. As, and then plus there's some fundamentally sound schematic things too. I think there were some scheme issues under Adrian Griffin that the guys just didn't quite buy into. Um, I think Doc, again, as we said, defensively, is just going to simplify that stuff. And so it all kind of goes hand in hand. Now, when he says he's not afraid to challenge Giannis, does Giannis welcome that? He's going to have to, Bill. Um, and I think when I Good say point. that, I think it's – look, the, the, the two-man game was an emphasis in their very first shoot-around in Denver. Doc says, hey, Damian Lillard, Giannis, and then we're going to spend some time with Chris. And he's like, I think the team understood this is what we're going to be about offensively. And what does that mean? It means Giannis actually has to set some screens. <laughs> you know, Bill, like we talked about this at the very start of the season about this great two-man matchup. But, yes, on paper it is that. But – Anyone who's watched Giannis in Milwaukee knows he's not the best fundamental screen setter. It's not a thing he particularly loves to do or he's great at. Um, we've seen it in flashes. His, his, his screening for Chris Middleton in the championship run bill was superb. And, and, it was, and that was an unstoppable two-man game. Um, but it, we haven't really seen that. So I think, and look, Giannis is still scoring at a high rate. He's still shooting the ball a ton. Maybe it means he's got to give it up a little more than he has the first half of the season. Um, but I do think, as Giannis has said this, like, you know, Doc has a championship. He, he's here for this reason. And we know this, Bill. Like, we've seen Giannis wants to win. I mean, and I think if, if Doc can tell him, hey, these are the things that you have to do for us to win, he'll do it. Um, I, I want to go back to you had talked about, you know, Doc's walking through the, the door with the credentials. And, you know, I, I don't want to say Adrian Griffin didn't because obviously he's been there, done it. He's played in the league. He, he knows what's going on. But did they sit up and take notice? Or was this just like, uh, I don't know if I really believe in what he's trying to sell us. And But Doc Rivers is walking through the door and they're all going, oh, wait a minute, Doc's here. So now it's got legitimacy. So I think if we go all the way back to the hire of Adrian Griffin, I mean, the guys really enjoyed training camp. They connected with him on a personal level. I think, you know, they, they, they knew that he helped develop the wall, right? The, the first, that Toronto series to stop Giannis in the Eastern Conference Finals. They knew he played, and he started in a, in a finals series with Dirk Nowitzki, right? Um, so I think there was an initial acceptance and like, okay, this guy, he, he's, he, he, there's some X's and O's that he knows. He's a player. He gets us. He understands what we're going through on and off the court. And I think they did, they were willing to, to buy in and to give him a chance. But Bill, I think Adrian, you know, wanted to, to have these guys do things that maybe they just couldn't do for as great as Brooke Lopez is like to have him switching on guards 30 feet from the rim. Like that's not like anyone can see that that's not the best idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. um, we, we've talked about, oh, well, Giannis is such a great defender. Maybe he should do that thing. 
that's true. Giannis can switch, but he also probably shouldn't do it all the time. So when a shot goes up, it's just Malik Beasley trying to rebound, right? So I think I, I think eventually, Bill, these guys just like, I don't know if what you're asking us to do is going to help us win. And for a team like this, you know, it, it, it creates an unease. And so I think, you know, the guys kind of push back at this, this idea that they that Griffin quote unquote lost the locker room because I don't know if he really ever had it and I don't mean it in a bad way of like he was terrible and the guys totally dismissed him I think it just they just never quite got all the way to the end with him and Doc I think you come in he has you cannot question look players don't care about 10-7 game losses Bill they care about the fact that he was in 10 game seven because right. you know they feel they feel hey we got Dave we'll win Right. So they don't really think about that. They look at the title. They look at all the Hall of Famers and MVPs he's coached and say, well, those guys can rock with them. So can we. Uh, OK, now let's fast forward to tonight. And you've got Damian Lillard night and all that kind of stuff going on. But how has that, you know, do you think now, because uh, it seems like everybody's for the most part pretty much healthy. And you've got Dame that's, uh, you know, coming back into his own. And, and that, now you've got a new head coach and a new message. Does it seem like, because usually you get a pep in your step and an energy for the stretch run right after the All-Star break. It's like, okay, here we go. Do you feel like there's that energy that, like, tonight might be that launching point for the energy, the pep in the step, the new new uh, goal, or not goal, but the, the new direction, if you will? It's interesting, Bill. So I think we saw it on the defensive end in Denver. I think the guys, I mean, to hold Denver to 113 points on their home court, the fact that Jokic had to take 25 shots to score 25 points, I mean, it's one of Joker's worst offensive performances of the year, which is saying something, considering the Bucks, right? <laughs> um, so I think we saw it immediately there. I think that's going to continue through. Tonight, I think, is such an outlier. Like, it's going to be such an emotional game. The Blazers are bad. Like, th- this should be a win. Um, honestly, Bill, I think it is after the all-star break. Look, from here, they go to Denver or uh, to Dallas, excuse me. So you got Luka Doncic and and Kyrie Irving who, you know, they, they combined for 60 plus in Milwaukee, Bill, like the Bucks haven't figured that part out yet. Like how to defend these (laughs) perimeter guys. Then they get on a plane and go to Salt Lake city on a back-to-back tough place to play. And then they finish in Phoenix. So I guess where I'm going with is, could they go three and two on this trip? Sure. Could they go one and four, two and three? Yes. But I don't think the wins and losses are what Bucks fans should look for this week. To your point, the pep and the step, I think it's, did they play good defense this week? <laughs> right? Did Okay, so maybe Luka goes for 40, but Kyrie went for 20 on 20 shots and they were close. You know what I mean, Bill? I think, right. I think really Bucks fans have to kind of dig into the, that stuff this week as opposed to the, the, the end result to see where Doc is making that impact. Jim, great stuff as always, bud. Enjoy the night. Should be electric, and then we'll talk again next week, okay? All right. Sounds good, Bill. Talk to you then. All right, buddy. Talk to you then. There you go. Jim Ozarski, the Journal Sentinel. You can find his stuff there at Jim Ozarski over on uh, Twitter or X as well. Covers the Bucks. Does a great job uh, out there traveling with them right now in Portland, and uh, going to see a lot of a uh, lot of love coming up tonight, for you would assume, for Damian Lillard. They're, they're excited to get him back, and and rightfully so, to be perfectly honest with you. Hey, our friends at the Social House, H-A-U-S, they uh, in Menominee Falls, right on Lisbon Road, big weekend this past weekend. They did uh, some charity stuff, and in addition to that, 
They also uh, had a great turnout to watch the AFC and the NFC Championship games, but uh, just so much going on. They've got the bingo that's been going on. They've got music on the weekends. They always have some kind of a tournament, bag tournaments, whatever, Queen of Hearts. I mean, they've got all that happening over there at the Social House. Social House, West Lisbon Road, Menominee Falls. Stop in. Tell Dan and his staff we said hello. Got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Audio, video, they have worked in my home, and they are fantastic. Chris and his staff are awesome. Go to abcaudiovideo.com. They're residential or commercial. Uh, audio, video, simply done right. Go to abcaudiovideo.com. That's abcaudiovideo.com. Whether it's just something as simple as hanging a, a big screen TV to putting in surround, to putting in s- certain things for, say, meetings, and all the technology that goes along with it now, and streaming and Teams and Zoom and everything else you need, uh, for up on walls and inter- intercom systems and all that kind of stuff. They do everything, everything, whether it's residential or commercial. That's ABC Audio Video. They've worked with the Admirals. They've worked with the Wave. They've worked with, you know, Freighter Hospital, Elmbrook Hospital, um, TGI Fridays. They put all the stuff there. UWM Athletic Department, the Fister Hotel. I mean, so much stuff has been done by ABC Audio Video. They're just that good. And they, they've done my house. Uh, so I can talk about all the big things that go on, but uh, the simple things like my house is pretty awesome. So uh, get get a hold of Chris over at abcaudiovideo.com. That's abcaudiovideo.com. ABC Audio Video, simply, simply done right. Good stuff. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, please feel free. Go ahead and do so, 877 867 1670. Uh, and we were talking a little bit uh, with Jim there about defense and such in, in the NBA. And I know people kind of make fun of it because they say, really, nobody plays defense in the NBA until the end of the game. And for the most part, that's true. But scoring this year has gone through the roof. Uh, there's an article over at Yahoo Sports about how the average of sco- average scorer and average scoring and a lot of these records that we're starting to see in these these back-to-back-to-back massive numbers that other guys are putting up, it's it's due in part because of the stats and, you know, chicks dig the three. You know, it's like chicks dig the long ball in baseball, they dig the three. And there's more and more and more threes being put up. Uh, obviously, less and less and less defense being played. Uh, but the, the shooters have gotten better. The defense has gotten worse. And you don't have a lot of, a lot of in-your-face hustle numbers when it comes to defense other than defenders, defensive player of the year and such. So, the, the, and, and guys don't get bonused, by the way too much on defense if you win it okay but there's some guys that just know they're never going to win it so there's no attempt to really go for it so to speak but it's a really good article today if you were looking at uh, yahoo sports on why scoring is so dramatically up in the nba so there you go um and yes if you're uh, just tuning us in uh the uh, the ravens uh have lost their defensive coordinator he's going to the seahawks how this is going to affect the the packers now because with the Ravens losing in a defensive coordinator, 
the guys that are being interviewed by the Packers, you would assume are looking back to Harbaugh back in Baltimore going, hey, am I going to be the next defensive coordinator here? So Harbaugh's already lost his D coordinator. Does he really want to lose, say, his linebacker's coach or his D-backs coach, who are both scheduled or have interviewed with the Green Bay Packers? So you, you might get one or both of those guys that decide to stay if they have increased roles and obviously increased money in the Baltimore Ravens organization. That, so we, what's the trickle-down effect there when it comes to the hiring uh, out in Seattle for their new head coach? So, so there you go. Uh, we'll get into all of that stuff. Peter Bukowski from the Locked On, uh, Locked On Packers po- podcast coming up here in a little bit. We'll talk with him uh, about that. Got some other I, – I got some other things to talk about because I wanted to ask you when – because we were talking about Kenny Clark earlier and, you know, is he really that good? Some people were questioning and, you know, well, there's, oh, here, it gives it, the whole list of guys that people just say get rid of. And I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't, I'm not really that quick to, you know, blow some of these people out the door. So I want to get into that as well. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more. Another, another hour yet to go. The Bill Michael Show continues right after this.